From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this episode of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'm Chase Parham, and today's show features an interview between Neil McCready and Trent Rosencrans. Trent covers the Cincinnati Reds for the Athletics, so a lot of baseball talk today with uh, everything going on with the coronavirus pandemic and more what's to be expected and what's possible from a sports standpoint. So that is the uh, the majority of the show today, and the show is brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Remember to use the Speed Pass Plus app for all your fueling needs. They will take care of, take care of you. Don't have to touch much with that app. You can be on your way with great gas prices and back on the road as quickly and as safely as possible. And also coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio, 662-257-1900 for Corey. He wants to be your car guy, wants to be your truck guy. Again, Highway 25 South in Amory and whatever your uh, social distance needs are, Corey can take care of you. So 662-257-1900 and we'll get to Neil's interview with Trent right now. Trent Rosencrantz of The Athletic, kind enough to uh, join us here on the podcast. Uh, first, Trent, long time uh, since we've talked. Glad to glad to talk to you. Hope you and your family are well. Yeah, nothing's changed since the last time we've talked, has it? <laughs> this has to feel, you know, we talk about players and their body clocks and stuff and, and a lot. But for you, a guy who's been covering Major League Baseball for a while now, I mean, I this has to feel weird in, in its uh, – mid-may as we record this and you know the season should be six seven weeks old right now you should be kind of into a routine the the the, the reds would you would have been on a couple of two or three road trips by now a couple of homestands a few homestands by now i mean th- it, you should be into the kind of the you know the the groove of another major league baseball season and and yet that is not the case yeah i'd be trying to get back from uh denver right now i'd be on a plane somewhere uh, or maybe I would have done a red eye and trying to sleep that off. I mean, it's the thing. It's like you do get in this rhythm, and I've been home so much. It's really weird for it to be – well, luckily it's been cold the last couple of days, so it, it doesn't feel too weird to be at home when it's not cold. Because uh, really from October to February, I'm home, and then the rest of the year from February to October, I'm in and out. And um, it, it's <laughs> – I'm sure my wife is probably pretty sick of me because she's, she, you know, part of the deal was that she got rid of me all this time. Um, so it's been, um, it's been really tough. You joke about that, but you're one of the, the. I mean, I don't, I shouldn't say few, but you're one of the ones that really sticks out to me as a baseball writer. That from afar, it looks like you have been able to kind of strike a great work home balance. I mean, you know, where, when you're home, it's quality time and and uh, and and that kind of thing. It. How different? I mean, I, I, not not that it's a good thing. How different has it been to have this much time at home with your family? Um, it's been great. You know, um, apparently, um, my what my daughter's usual teacher is really good. Her new teacher is not so good. <laughs> um, but you know, it it has been good, and I I think it's been. I don't know. It's it's there there are positives and and that's all you can do in life sometimes is take positives out of whatever your situation is and this just happens to be mine. So um, you know we're just figuring it out. That's all you can do is is try to figure it out and make the best of any um, any kind of 
whatever's thrown in your way. And, um, you know, usually my wife is having to deal with so much more and, um, now she's just, you know, sick of, <laughs> sick of me. But other than that, um, it's been pretty good. It's been, it's been really interesting. And, and, you know, you're right. Like the, the, the work-life balance is tough and so much of that goes on my wife and she shoulders such a huge load, um, because I am gone. And even sometimes, even when I'm home, I'm not really home because I'm gone at night. Yeah. So I, I, you know, like during the, during the week, I usually try to, if I'm home, I get up with my daughter and get her ready and take her to school. Um, but then after that, you know, my wife goes to work and when she's got to come home and pick uh, my daughter up from aftercare and deal with dinner and all that, I, tr I try to cook during the week and have something cooked in, in the refrigerator. Uh, but that's not always possible. So, you know, it's, it's tough. And so, you know, from, <laughs> from February to October, it's, she's doing so much more than her fair share. And I always try to make up for that during the, uh, off season. So I've asked a lot of people, Trent, you know, the kind of their experience with, when they realized this thing was was kind of getting weird, I assume you were out in Arizona at spring training with the Reds. The Reds were going into the season, and and if there is a season, I guess at some point we'll talk about baseball. But going into the season, the Reds were going to be kind of one of the interesting stories. I had read where uh, you had pointed out that there was, I guess, at the at the spring training. Um, kind of media center, if you will. They were making more room for some more national guys that were going to stop in because the Reds had had kind of an active offseason and, and, and looked like they were positioning themselves to contend in the NL Central for the first time in a while. Um, when did you kind of get a sense that this this is going in a different direction and, and th th we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to have a normal late March? Well, I was actually back in Cincinnati. I had kind of taken a, a break and come back home and I was supposed to go back. Um, basically I think it got called, everything got called on a Thursday and, um, I was supposed to go back Saturday and, uh, yeah, so it was kind of, it was kind of crazy. And, um, I, I think I didn't think it was possible to cancel that flight back. To Arizona on that Saturday until I had the TV on, I was working and everything happened in the NBA. Honestly, the NBA, that was yeah. the canary in the coal mine. I think everybody then realized, oh, wait, this is going to happen. And even leading up to that, even and then even after it, I remember texting with one player and they said, well, what do you think? And I was just like, I can't see them postponing the season. I think, you know, it'll, they'll have maybe a little break, but, but you're still going to play. And even if, even if it's delayed a week or so, I don't think it's going to be much more than that. There's too much money at stake. And then, and then everything happened and you're like, oh no, this is much bigger than, than I thought, or I could even think about. And, uh, that is, I don't know. I, I think I think all of us. That was a wake up call for a lot of us to see what the NBA did, and, and kudos to to that league for for doing it as they did. Um, I don't know. It, it's just kind of all been crazy, and to to see it to see it just blow up and um, what we're all dealing with. And, and now, you know, there's still thoughts that, that baseball might start. Um, you've seen it in 
Korea, you've seen it in, in Taiwan, but even in Korea, you're seeing a spike in um, a second wave. And so what happens there with the KBO? And I think MLB will be watching that uh, very closely. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because obviously I, I get a lot of people, this is a podcast that for the most part over the course of a year is built around college sports. And so the big story with college sports is, you know, when are they coming back? Can they come back? Will they come back? All those things. And I keep telling people, you know, we got to watch Major League Baseball. We've got to watch the NBA. We've got to see. And I told people a couple of weeks ago, when this KBO starts, pick a favorite team. It was kind of funny because um, you guys at The Athletic did a, a flow chart about how to pick your favorite KBO team, which was hilarious. But but it's like, hey, pick yeah. a team. But for the most part, cheer for all 10 teams because you need it to go off seamlessly. And, and there's been a lot of interest. People have enjoyed watching the different games. And, and ESPN's done a really good job broadcasting them from a remote location and all of that stuff. But how much you touched on this, but I'm curious because I know you know a lot of Major League Baseball people. How much are they dialed in right now to what's going on in Korea, in Taiwan, in China as it pertains to to playing baseball games without fans and and doing it safely? Oh, I, I think they're watching pretty closely. Um, honestly, uh, they they have to be just because. Well, what else is there to watch? But. But also, I mean, best practices as simple as how how are the players in the dugout, you know, and how close are they? How whatever they're doing, um, there's some trial and error, and and it's kind of nice to watch some trials before you're responsible for the errors, and that's uh, that's one of the things that's really kind of I, I I know they will be looking, and it's kind of nice that it's happening both in Co- Korea and Taiwan. So there's a lot of talk this week, Trent, as you know, and you're working on it as well. Uh, your colleague there at The Athletic, Ken Rosenthal, had a, a story out this morning about uh, uh, what baseball's return and what it, what this couple weeks could look like. I saw where Andy Martino had a big story based on talking to some of the New York clubs, the Mets, the Yankees, obviously. Um, there's going to be a, the, the owners are going to make a proposal to the players. The players are going to probably balk at the proposal at first. I'm assuming that eventually they probably reach some sort of a begrudging compromise economically, and then this thing comes down to safety, or, or am I assuming too much? Yeah, I never I never assume these things. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, when it comes to collective bargaining and sports leagues, people don't always uh, act in what seems to be logical manners and 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 that's from the outside so it's tough to really kind of um judge that from the outside but yeah it it, i just don't know and i i've been through so many of these i remember at one point texting ken and just saying hey is it arizona or nothing and he's like i don't think so but it seems most likely and now the arizona only plan seems like the least likely uh, things change so quickly. You know, right now what we're looking at, which kind of makes some sense, is everybody just plays in their division and the opposite division. So, like, the NL Central teams would play NL Central and AL Central teams. Right. And that's all they play during the regular season. You add a DH. You have extra – you have, I think, 14 uh, playoff teams. So, it, it, it who knows? It just, I mean, it's all a huge who knows. I never thought and, the Arizona um, thing had had a real chance. It's its much like, I've, I've, I've had this debate with, with 
between fans and frankly some administrators around the around the, the league the SEC and and uh, with colleagues about this idea of quarantining a college football program and and you've covered college football so you you've you've done this before as well I just don't think that's realistic I, I don't think that works and and ended up seeing a quote it was in an NBA story I've I'm, I'm, I'm probably like you I've read so many stories that now I, I, I jumble who wrote them. Uh, it was an. I want to say it was ESPN. Maybe wrote a story about uh, about the NBA, and they quoted uh, Michelle Roberts, the NBA uh, PA executive director, saying, "How do you how do you enforce that? I mean, how do you lock how do you lock players in a hotel? I mean, do you have armed guards? I mean, you know, at some point, that's prison. It it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And that's what I've always thought about. I thought about college football programs being quarantined, and I thought the same about the Arizona plan. I just don't know how you enforce it. Yeah, I, I I thought it was kind of likely just because it would sort of make it just it just seemed like the best way to quarantine people. And I, I, I you know, right now, everybody's being quarantined anyway. And I, you have adults and those with families. And I think I mean, there's not too many places to go regardless. Um, right. So I, I thought maybe there was a chance and it seemed like the most likely now getting the home stadiums for the most part and and people in the places where they were already going to be comfortable allowing their families to come that's going to be part of it you know and so that i can see a little bit more you know there are guys like you know tucker barnhart is a guy i cover he's a union rep and um and and someone i've talked to a bit his wife is pregnant and uh, she's going to have their second child during this season uh if there is a season <laughs> maybe it was before the season who knows now at this right. point but you know you've been through that and and um this is doubly hard would he be in you know i i know tucker said hey i'll do the arizona thing it's gonna be really tough for me um but we'll figure it out and we'll see what i have to do um but there's going to be have to be some concessions. So I think this is right now makes the most sense. Um, you limit travel, uh, especially at Cincinnati. I mean, if worse comes to worse, if you're playing all those teams, you have, let's see, within like a five-hour bus ride, you have both Chicago teams, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Detroit, Um those and then Milwaukee's just a little bit more if you double it up with Chicago. Uh, the only ones that are kind of beyond a comfortable bus ride would be like Minneapolis and Kansas City, and uh, I'm trying to think of the rest of that division. But so it it it, it does seem somewhat possible. Uh, you would also have the DH in both leagues, which again unprecedented times, and and quite honestly, we may have seen the last of pitchers hitting. I wouldn't be shocked if 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 that never comes back. So um, we'll just see some different things. And if it's a seventy-eight to eighty-two game season, I mean that's a half a season, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, I mean from the competitive standpoint, it actually would be fun to watch what you just described. I mean, you know, every in a hundred and sixty-two game season, it's it's pretty easy to say, well, I mean, you know, come on, we're going to have a losing streak. It's not the end of the world. We're going to have a winning streak. That doesn't mean we're winning the championship. In a in an eighty-one game season, I'll just throw that number out because it's half. In in an eighty-one game season, I mean, the the games do technically 
mean more mathematically, if you will. So it would make it more interesting. It would it would be uh, more teams probably in the race and all of that stuff. And the DH would be fun, and you'd see more. You know, uh, you'd, you'd you know you maybe build some new rivalries. The 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 Reds would play the White Sox more. The Reds would play the Royals. I mean, there'd be some you know the the obviously Cubs White Sox would would take on a different meaning. There'd be stuff like that. I just wonder about. I, the just the what happens when someone gets and it doesn't have to be a player if it's a coach if it's a if, if it's anyone that gets that that test positive I, I I'm fascinated to see sort of how the leagues you know react because there there is no way around complete travel like you know you think about like the Yankees for example in that scenario they'd have to still fly to Miami they'd have to fly to Atlanta they're staying in hotels you come back who knows what who all gets exposed to what I, I don't. I'm glad it's not me having to be the one that figures kind of figures out how to do it or what the protocols are for if if you have a even just a, a mini outbreak on a team. Yeah, it, well, then you have Seattle. Seattle can't drive anywhere. Um, yeah, they Seattle is really every, far everywhere. From, yeah. <laughs> um, so I and, and like yeah, what happens if somebody tests positive? Um, and, and and then you have. You know, an interesting thing that was brought up in a Ken Rosenthal piece this morning. What about guys like uh, Cookie Carrasco or or Anthony Rizzo or yeah. John Lester who have had cancer and um, you might may be high risk? Uh, Adam Duvall has type one diabetes. David um, David Dahl had his spleen removed. David Dahl yeah. had his spleen removed, and yeah. and you know you have all these kind of things, and then. So I was like, yeah, I didn't think about that. And then I'm like, well, what about, you know, Dusty Baker has had several um, issues and and health scares. Uh, you, 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 then you go into the staffs and you go to the managers and you do all this. And the other part is, is like the amount of people around a baseball team, you just, it it's it's hard to put it out there, just how many people are around. And then, you know, again, if they're going to do like a 30 man roster with another 20 man taxi squad or something like that, yeah. because you're going to have to have that, that kind of taxi squad. There's not going to be a minor league season. I, I just, there's no way that I see a minor league season happening Agreed. in 2020. Agreed. So that means, I mean, for, so for a team like the Reds, you covered the Reds, you've covered them what now for about right. 10 years or so? A little more than that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, you know, in the course of a, of a typical major league season, Oh, the Cincinnati Reds at, at a different, you know, it will, and we'll, ex, we'll exclude trades in this scenario. Just up and down from the minor league club, they're using what, 40, 42 guys over the, over the course of a season? Easy. More than that. Easy. Because, you know, you, you're 40 man, you usually make a good, you know, all these different 40 man moves. I, I would say uh, 45 minimum. Yeah. So, um, f- and you talk 50 about players pictures. per team. It's just, it's, and then you have coaching staffs and medical staff and training staff and nutrition staff and 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 these are high clubhouse health. workers. Yeah, dude, these are everything. Yeah, it just it's it's a massive undertaking for thirty teams. Take a break in the show to tell you about Community Mortgage located in Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. Underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. A leader in condo financing in Oxford and the float down option where you can lock in the current rate, but if rates go down before you close. You get the lower rate, 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy on South Lamar 
in Oxford, also Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs. Both those locations are open for regular business hours. Tyson's is utilizing a walk-up window, and GM is offering curbside service there in Oxford. Both stores are dedicated to local delivery and still able to deliver same day as well. 662-236-2222. The podcast brought to you by Visit Oxford. VisitOxfordMS.com is the website. Click the very top so you have to support Oxford during COVID-19. You can see a list of all retailers, restaurants with curbside, with delivery options to uh, help you out there if you need that list. Also ways to support hospitality workers who are out of jobs right now in Oxford between Tip Roulette and some other options that you have. Again, visit OxfordMS.com. Podcast also brought to you by Special Orthopedic Group. They are open in Tupelo and Oxford. You can skip the ER for urgent ortho-related injuries at both locations. They're offering, offering virtual health telemedicine. Patients have direct access to all SOG physicians and nurse practitioners. Patients have 24-hour access to appointments at 662 767 4200 or SOGMS.com. No referral is needed. Walk-ins are welcome. And then last but not least, we're brought to you by In-House Interior and Design, 662-681-6241. You can call. You can text. They are available for you. I talked to Nikki this week. They've getting picking up more clients because people are home right now. They're seeing things around their house they want to change. They want to fix up. They offer new client gifts. They offer dorm room appointments whenever that does uh, come with discounts as well. So you can find out more, text or call 662-681-6241. And if, if, the, if the margin of error is everyone has to be uh, negative at all times, the answer is it's not going to work. I mean, I, I, to me, it comes. I, I I think that's that's so pie in the sky that I can't even imagine. So I I, I I'm still and that you know you you talked about that article. It was a great article, by the way, and it mentioned, for example, Sean Doolittle uh, uh, with, with the Nationals. His his wife has uh, you know some some pre existing health stuff. So you have guys that are like you mentioned Tucker Barnhart and his wife expecting their second child. You have uh, you know I'm just thinking about the Cubs for a second because that's kind of what I do. I mean Chris Bryant just had a, a, his first child. You have you have all of these these are young players with young families and 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 it just it's a uh, I don't know man it's just kind of hard to imagine how it all gets done if. If if you're not willing to take chances, and then when you start talking about taking chances, well, it's easy for me to say, hey, you guys should take chances. It's these guys, it's their actual lives, their careers, their families. I've got to think there's just a, a lot of real concern around the league with, hey, how do we do this going forward? And I know this is becoming the longest question in the history of questions. but And then on the flip side, guys want to get paid. Guys want to make money. Well, and, and their, their earnings potential is – it's very small. Their window to earn this money is small. These guys do want to get paid because if you take, you know, most of a year out of their paycheck, that's a that's a big hit. And um, there there are veterans who have, you know, I don't think, and I, and I'm not saying this. I'm just saying this because I know what his pay is. But like this, it wouldn't hurt Joey Votto to not play this year. This guy's already got a hundred and some million in the bank. But you talk about, you know, here, let me, I'm just off the top of my head, a guy like Tyler Stevenson, who made the 40-man roster for the first time this year. I mean, that's maybe not even a great ex- example because he was a first-round pick, so he got a nice signing bonus. But, you know, you talk about, uh, heck, even some of these young Latin American guys, uh, they, they don't have a lot of money around um, or a lower-round pick. They just don't have the coffers to, to be able to continue going on. And I think the, the union is, is helping those guys out, but then you have thousands of minor leaguers and, and they're in a really tough spot. This is going to hurt the sport for a long time. And that doesn't even get into the draft. 
Were you surprised about the draft limiting to five rounds? No. Um, no. I, I, no. <laughs> it, it, they, 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 you know, the, the draft is too long. Um, it's funny. I was, I was kind of like having a discussion with somebody and it was, we were talking about Tony Gwynn getting drafted in the 10th round of the NBA draft. Can you imagine a 10 round NBA draft these oh, days? God. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, major league baseball used to be until just everybody says, no, nah, I'm good. And then, you know, like 50 was seen as shortening and then 40. And, um, yeah, it was until they ran out of names. So uh, I'm not surprised. And I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in 2021 we saw a 20 round draft or a 10 round draft. And that's, that's all it was. Um, especially if you see the minor leagues go down to 140 teams or whatever they're talking about, 120 teams. Yeah, 120. Um, you know, that, that's all part of this as well. So it's, um, you know, it is, baseball is not going to go back to what it was. I don't think any sport is, I don't think really any part of our lives. And, and that may sound hyperbolic, but you know, we're not going to get back to normal. We're, it's all going to be different in some way. And um, I think you just have to figure out the best ways to deal with that and to um, accept it, move on, and make the best. I'm curious, you're there, obviously, in Ohio, two major league teams in Ohio, the Indians, the Reds. Uh, how does what, what are you hearing there about just the viability of, of being able to play games in that state? I know that that was asked early on, and uh, fairly recently, there were, the discussion was about Ohio State football, and the answer was kind of ambiguous. What do you what do you hear about just the viability of being able to play games there at, at Great American? I think they can do it. I, I I don't see any chance of fans, and the governor Mike DeWine has kind of said that time and again. And um, he's a guy who actually owns a minor league baseball team, uh, the Asheville Tourists. So um, he's a big Reds fan. And is a big baseball fan, but you know his thing is, is he says those kind of events, um, concerts. Uh, I was actually supposed to be at a huge concert this weekend, and it got canceled. Um, those things are going to be the last things to come, and that's going to be a long time. I I I can't foresee uh, fans in the stands this season, and even I, it's hard for me to see. 40,000 on opening day next year. Okay, so you're steering me in a direction that I I know that this is not your expertise, but I'm curious when you say that. <laughs> I don't know if I have one. <laughs> so we're talking, if, if everything goes well with Major League Baseball, if everything goes just swimmingly with this plan, they, they agree to a labor agreement or whatnot, and they go report to Arizona and Florida in, in June and have you know three weeks or so of spring training part two, and then they get started around the 4th of July at ballparks around the country and, and everything goes swimmingly and they're, they're having a season. You don't, you know, obviously a regular season in that scenario would go into October. Uh, you don't foresee a, a scenario where fans would be allowed in the stands even in late September, early October. And you know where I'm headed with this, which means that that would mean that Ohio State, which is one of the preeminent football programs in the country, that I mean, that place holds what ninety something thousand. I mean, it, it, it's it's you know I mean you, you know where I'm going with this, which is just it's it's 
it's fascinating if, if we get into the discussion of college football and and the NFL without fans. Yeah, and I think there's so many things, and that's one of the way that our country is set up is these different, um, the, the, these different uh, levels of responsibility, different levels of government. I can't see Ohio State opening um, just because I've been watching what we've been doing in Ohio the whole time. But I mean, I've also I have family and I went to school in Georgia. Yeah, I can certainly see them opening the floodgates at, at Sanford Stadium. And is that an advantage or disadvantage or at this point, why the hell are we thinking about it as an advantage or disadvantage for UGA? Um, but I just don't know. It's um, I keep saying I don't know. It's what I've said probably the most since. But it's, it's, <laughs> um, the, but it's an honest March. answer. It's a truthful answer. I've told people Andy Staples, who I know is a mutual friend of both of ours. Andy wrote an entire column about how the, the, the answer I don't know is, is, is often the best answer because it's truthful. I, I don't know that a lot of the people who are in charge of making these decisions today know what the answers are. Well, and that's one of the things. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't vote for Mike DeWine. Um, but one of the things that's impressed me the most about Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio, is his willingness to say, I don't know. I think that's a great strength. I have taken, I don't know, a lot of solace in the fact that that Mike DeWine, that Dr. Amy Acton, who is um, the the head of the medical part for the state, I can't remember her title off the top, that they say, I don't know, because we don't know. And it's not a weakness to say, I don't know, especially when there is so much that is not known. Um, that's kind of part of the scientific process is saying, I don't know, let's test it out. So that oddly makes me feel more comfortable when my leader says, I don't know. And um, thank goodness for, for Governor DeWine, who has handled this, in my opinion, very well. Um, it's, it's made me feel better about living in Ohio. Um, you know, and, and, and the, uh, governor in, in Kentucky has kind of done much of the same, um, governor Bashir. Uh, so it's been, um, interesting to watch these things and it, it could be very different. You know, you could have Ohio state playing without fans, but, um, the Georgia Bulldogs playing in front of a full Sanford stadium. And, and, and that's just because of those differences. So it'll, <laughs> In the end, I don't know. What would Major League Baseball? <laughs> what does Major League Baseball without fans look like? I mean, I, I know we're getting a taste of it with with Korea, but you know they, I, it you know they've done some creative things with the cheerleaders and with the the, the cardboard cutouts in the stands. Some things that, frankly, I don't think Major League Baseball would do. But maybe that's just my my. I don't know. I think I think there could be some creative things, and and like to me, you know, I've watched Taiwan, and I think Taiwan's done a better job about creating that that atmosphere in the CPBL than than even uh, Korea, and it, it 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 can be interesting. And you know, I think a lot of those are cultural anyway, because usually there are fans singing in in both of those leagues. There's usually fans in the stands singing anyway and chanting during the thing during the game of play of game or uh the the course of the game and so you know they pipe that in in the cpbl and then they have those cub cardboard cutouts in the cpbl you know I, I i don't know i think it would be kind of fun what if you did and said hey 
and and this is just kind of a goodwill thing like to our season ticket holders we're gonna make send us a photo and we'll do a cardboard cutout of you well that would be and, that would be put cool. it in the stands yeah that would be you know cool. and and i think they could do things like that and like you know it could be kind of cheesy and kind of silly but it'd also be fun and and maybe they do that and uh try to build some goodwill i you know when you look at promotions departments these are some of the most creative people in the world and so um i'm working on a story kind of about that and anyway and so like who knows what they could come up with you know and that's it could force us to think of things differently um you know in the nba they play music the whole game i wouldn't be surprised if you heard some of that stuff during um during during play of game um, yeah and and maybe that is part of a home field advantage you know instead of a you know the batter gets to pick what he wants to listen to while he hits and the pitcher gets to listen to what he wants to listen to while he pitches <laughs> and it's always the home team and then the the opposing team just has to deal with it uh, who knows uh, there's so many things you could do um but in the end it's going to be players on the field. And it's, to be 100% honest, I thought, I was talking to, to friends on, on our, um, actually I was on a podcast, is with um, Andy McCullough and Mark Carrig on um, their podcast for The Athletic uh, uh, Beyond the Scrum. And this was before I was watching the CPBL, but I think before it started. And I just said, I don't miss sports. I don't miss it at all. I don't, I don't care. Um, I'm fine without it um, because I, I'm not someone who watches a whole lot because oh, for fun, because I watch a whole lot for work. Sure. Of course. You know, from February to October, I am watching baseball almost every day. So, you know, in those other times I'm not, and they caught me in, in March and I'm just like, I, I don't care. I don't care. Well, then I started watching the CPBL and it was like, I do care. This is just great. You know, yeah. and, and even my wife, and I think this was right before everything. This was when I was home and they were still playing spring training games. Just one day she said, hey, can you turn on a ball game? And and, and my wife isn't a f big fan. She just loves, and she'll have usually the Reds on because she'll know what's going on, where I am, what time I might get home. Um, she'll do that sometimes during during the year, and it's just a good background noise. And she was like, I just miss it. And, um, you know, so that's why I've had on, you know, watching the KBO games and and dealing with that. It's been in, in the CPBL, and, and it's just I'd forgotten how much I missed it until it was gone and then came back. Now, you've always kind of had a real interest in in like the the KBO and the, and the and the Taiwan League and that kind of thing. You spent some time over there as a child, right? Uh, yeah, my you know most of my interest is uh, NPB, the Nippon Professional Baseball, the Japanese. Okay, I, yeah. I, I graduated from high school in Japan. Uh, my dad was in the Navy, um, so I spent two years in Japan. Um, would go to games i went to the giants and the bay stars and um the bay stars the yokohama bay stars were the closest to my house it was about a 30 minute train ride um so i'd go to games occasionally and glenn braggs the former red was in right field for the bay stars at the time um you know dan gladden played for the for the uh, giants um all sorts of i think mel hall was with the giants then um so, you know, I would watch these games and I always had an interest in Japanese baseball. And so 
I've kept an eye on other baseball leagues, and that's been something I've always been interested in, and that's been kind of nice. Okay, I told you I wanted to ask you about this, and I do, because it was one of the best podcasts I've ever heard, and I am a podcast person. I, my, my wife makes fun of me because she'll say she, – my, my wife is the exact opposite. She is a music person. She likes all genres, and so you know it could be country or, or, uh, or pop or whatever, and if it's a top 100 song, she's probably heard it and knows the words. And we'll be in the car together. And she's like, have you heard this? And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, come on. And I'm like, no. All I do is listen to podcasts. That's what I do. And so I was, I was out walking my dogs, and I saw you tweet about it. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. And, and uh, you had you and, and uh, Joe Posnanski, who did – he just finished the Baseball 100 series, which was absolutely incredible, which is no surprise because he's one of the most gifted journalists of any genre ever. And uh, – it was funny because you said that, hey, it was a special guest, and you told, it was Joey Votto who was coming on, who I think is one of the most fascinating people in sports. And uh, Votto wanted to do the podcast with you guys. You didn't ask him. He asked you. and Yeah. And it was awesome listening. I could have, when y'all finished, I knew I, you'd gone for, I don't know, an hour and a half or something. I didn't want it to stop. It's like, oh, do more. It was just fantastic. Sort of how did that come together, and did it exceed your expectations as well? Yeah, it was it was pretty great. And um that was a lot I mean, quite honestly, it was Joey. That's just Joe. Um he I'm trying to think of, to to explain it with Joe. Joe uh is pretty conscientious about these things and he just kinda we'd been texting about some things and he was just like, Hey, I'm really enjoying this baseball 100 and then he was asking my opinion and um and then he was like you know i'm down for this and and i think it was more the way he said it and i i really believe was that um he he wanted to get he wanted he 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 was really thinking about the fans and was like, I know a lot of people are really missing baseball. And he enjoys the kind of history talk as much as, well, probably more than any any player I've ever been around. Yeah. Any big league player. Um, so, so that is a big part of it. And I think he... Um, he was just genuinely interested in it. And it started from his thing about Ted Williams. And he was like, Oh, I'm going to kill you for not having Ted Williams hire. <laughs> but then like when we were talking about, it, you could hear him just be like, yeah, you know, I get it. And when you're talking about the, you know, the top 10 yeah, I mean, uh, players in baseball history, you're talking about just, you're, you're, you're picking the tiniest of nits. It's, it's almost impossible. Sense. Yeah. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Been telling you for a while that uh, travel's going to get back to normal. It's not there yet, but we're headed in that direction. I got a note from John just the other day. He was letting me know about some uh, things that are either opened or are about to open out there. If you want to interested in those and you want to get in touch with him, uh, check out Kohler, Wisconsin. Four golf courses just opened on April the 24th. Uh, great deals there in Kohler. The Watercolor Inn in Seaside, Florida. Uh, it, it opened on May 1st. Beach access, pools as well. Uh, the Kiswa Island in uh, South Carolina. 
all the hotels, the villas, and the homes they opened on uh, they open on May the sixteenth. Two golf courses, uh, pools, beaches, also in South Carolina in Hilton Head, the Sea Pines Resort uh, there in Hilton Head. Hotels, uh, homes, May the sixteenth. Golf courses, pools, beaches opening as well. And then uh, if you want a little something more, a little more exotic in uh, the British Virgin Islands, sailboat rentals with full crew, uh, all of that stuff opening up on June the 2nd, up to three couples, total of $14,500, all inclusive. If you want to get away and enjoy travel, things are opening up. You want to get in touch with John, 901-494-3387, or send him an email, Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients save $50 off their first book trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Oxford University Bank. OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB gives you the benefit of, the benefits of home, uh, all the comforts and benefits that you're used to from the big mega banks, except they give you a personal touch, all the technology and products you want, but there's no buttons to push, no wait. You get a live person when you call great customer service at OUB. You also get Kasasa. It's the absolute best cash checking account. And with it, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. They also have a commercial checking account now paying 1% interest as long as you keep $10,000 in the account. It comes with Fully interactive online banking. To learn more, go to liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. The firm is built on decades of wealth management experience, and they've seen it all. Their financial advisors have a reputation for professional excellence, and their clients rely on their high level of confidence and integrity. So whether you need guidance on developing a financial plan, creating a customized executive benefits program for your business, or preparing a detailed asset allocation analysis, Bluff City Advisory will provide forward-thinking, cost-effective investment strategies customized to uniquely fit each client. 901 365 3447 or email ben b-e-n at bluffcityadvisory.com and we're brought to you by whitney mcnutt of tommy morgan incorporated realtors she sponsors my weekly mailbag on rebelgrove.com and she can also serve you for all your real estate needs in oxford and tupelo she sells condos land commercial and residential family homes to get in touch with whitney 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3800 four four it is impossible but that's the fun of it and so um i don't know it was just cool and and he wanted to talk about all these and he had read the series um and you know for a long time he's been like i love the athletic and uh and so he he reads the athletic and he really enjoyed the thing with with joe joe's series and then um joe had a thing this weekend it it ran yesterday on sunday uh mother's day about uh vado's three homer game on mother's day in 2012 yeah and um joey talked to him for that um joey loves the history of the game his dog's name is maris um, you know, he is, he just loves the history of baseball 
and um it's 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 a lot of fun because you know so often you and i are guys who grew up just loving baseball and and your son the same way from from the discussions we've had um a lot of players aren't like that and they happen to be good at baseball and that is what driven drove him them there um they had that natural talent and it was selected and it's what they did and they spent most of their time playing baseball and not reading about it and not doing the other things well my talent wasn't as much and i grew up loving baseball and (laughs) uh started with baseball cards and that led to baseball history and reading about it and because i read a lot as a kid that's what i did i I did too you know when i wasn't playing baseball i was reading about it yep um we did it year round me and my friend jimmy year round um if it was too cold outside we played in my garage we played a made-up game where we you have a crushed paper cup and you hit it with your hand and and we are tape uh, roll a tape and you, you played baseball like that and we we did that all year round we played different video games all that and and you know my friend jimmy who i did that with it was one of those other guys and he grew up and he pitched five years in the in the big leagues so um that's not always the case you know and and so especially joey is just a student of the game he's read all these biographies and like i have there's so many of these games or these books that like the there's one of my favorite books ever and baseball books is um sadahara o's um autobiography i mean it's just kind of weird um it's an older book. It's not in print. I got to track it down. And um, it's, 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 it's a super different book. And again, that's my interest in Japanese baseball. And I mentioned something to Joey about it. He goes, oh, yeah, I've read that. <laughs> you know, I was just talking to, um, who was I talking to? Wow. Uh, Justin Nicolino, who's pitching for the Rakuten Monkeys. And I read CBDL. that story this morning. Yep. And, and, and Justin said, man, I've read three books. I hadn't read a book in 15 years. <laughs> and which is, you know, understandable. Um, you live your life, you do whatever. But here's Joey, um, who has read this obscure biography of Sadaharu O. I mean, I, I, I would like to take a, you know, any clubhouse and ask if they know who Sadaharu O is. And what do you think? The, I, what do you think the percentage would be? Maybe I'm being high and saying twenty percent. One out of every five? No, I don't think one out of every five. Yeah, I think, I think you're think high. It's much lower than yeah, that. Yeah, I think you're I high. I think maybe five percent. Yeah, that's. Um, I know that's, in the Reds clubhouse, um, Joey would know, and I know uh, Akiyama would know. <laughs> but beyond that, I, I'm sure there are more other guys would. Um, but but again, like not only the, but Joey had read that book. Yeah. He, so you do you do these Q and A's with him that are uh, <laughs> that are absolutely <laughs> they're they're fascinating when they I, I read them and I think there just aren't that many players who give. And it's a compliment to you, Trent, really, because it, it, it also... No, it's not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's no, it is. with me. It all, it, here's, it, here's my thought in those. He shows... It, but he, he does. He shows, that he, he shows that he really respects you. 
Well, I appreciate that. Honest to God, those never start out as Q&As. What those start out is, I'm curious about something and I ask Joey something. And Joey starts answering. And I'm like, man. And, and you, you've, you've done this a long time. You know how writing and you're like, okay, well, what's the most interesting part? And a lot of times, most of the time, you're like, well, even if somebody says something, I can write it better and get that across. With Joey, I can't. So I'm just like, I'm going to get out of the way because I don't want to mess this up. Yeah. I'm just going to run it as a Q&A. And, and like, you know, <laughs> I don't know that I, I've seen some other things. And even when it's it's in a, like, a, you know, kind of a press conference setting, like the Trevor Bauer thing, um, other people are confined by format. When you work for a, a newspaper, for better or for worse, you're confined by formats. And so you have to do quote transition, quote transition, even if it's a and a And I'm like, I'm just going to get the heck out of the way. Yeah. And, and, and just, you know, a lot of the times I don't want to get in the way. I mean, I, what I have to say is not going to be as interesting as what Trevor Bauer and Joey Votto has to say. You certainly are covering an interesting team right now. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, they are a fascinating well, right. group of characters. I mean, assuming that they ever get together and play, they are a, a fascinating right. group. You know, I mean, the Reds the last few years were kind of in, you know, they were in rebuild. They certainly weren't one of the better two or three teams in the division. The, the Cardinals have always been very good. The Cubs have been very good the last few years. The Brewers have been very good the last few years. Pittsburgh's not all that far removed from, from being a really good team. They're not a good team now, but... You know, Cincinnati's just sort of been an afterthought. It's been Joey Votto and kind of a bunch of dudes at times, but they've sort of changed that. I mean, they've they've got a pitching staff and 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 a bullpen, and and Votto is uh, a Eugenio Suarez is one of the most underrated players in the game. I mean, they are really fascinating. Yeah, and so I mean, that's um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it's the other writers always choke. Um, with me about that because they're like you're so lucky you have the easiest job ever and then like i i i think i sent somebody and it's like hey could this person talk? I was like oh yeah why don't you talk to tucker barnhart and they got tucker and they're like holy crap he was great Kirk Casale, <laughs> just great all these guys and they're like uh, amir garrett and they're like man you are so lucky and i'm like i know dude i'm not any good these guys make it easy yeah garrett, um, garrett the only is fascinating good thing i do the only good thing i do is get my ego out of the way and step aside yeah well you're, you're absolutely one of the best doing it i i, I that's well i appreciate I, I was telling you you know cincinnati it's not when people think hey travel destinations no offense they they're, they're, most people huh. don't, most most people don't go cincinnati ohio is is up there my son and I went there, Carson, and he's, as you mentioned, a huge uh, baseball fan. And we went there in June of 18 for a, uh, a four-game series. The, it was the Cubs and, and the Reds, obviously. And the Reds swept the series, which was disappointing for my son and for me, if I'm being honest. But I would sent you a an email asking for, like, restaurant recommendations and that kind of thing. And I was – Frankly, heading up there was a little concerned that Carson was going to be bored in Cincinnati, and that it was that did not happen. We we went to uh, we went to so many different places. He found three or four different restaurants that he talks about to this day, and 
one of the big personal disappointments for me in this shutdown has been he and I were going to go in June for, uh, I think it was like 20th or something like that. Cubs Reds had a four game series there at Great American Ballpark, and we'd figured out which games we were going to get good seats for and which games. And then that stadium is no really bad seat. We were going to sit in different places and all of that, and that's been scrapped. And it's been, uh, it's been one of the real disappointments of this whole thing. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it's a fun town. I've, I've lived here, shoot, so 2003, four, they all kind of run together. Um, so I've lived here for a nice little lifetime. Um, I was in uh, Tuscaloosa before that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I always say it's big enough and small enough. Yeah. It's big enough to have everything you want and small enough to get to it. It's a, it's a nice little town. I've lived all over the world and I enjoy it. If there's baseball, are the Reds ready to contend? Are they still a little a little piece away? Oh no, I think I think they could you know, I think even going into this season in a normal season, they my whole thing was this division, I thought there were four teams that could win it. And uh even now, I think that's probably the case, and it's probably even more the case, um because of 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 everything that's going on you know it could be a lot any team gets hot like you were saying so it just yeah it it it, it it's yeah they could they could win they can get to the playoffs especially if you expand the playoffs i don't think there's any any question that, that they are in the the thick of it last thing trent you've been really generous with your time and i appreciate it Obviously, the way that you do your job, the way that I've done my job covering a college football, college basketball program is going to change. I mean, especially for you, you are used to going to the ballpark and you go into the clubhouse, what, three and a half hours before the game and you you build, you build relationships with players and you ask questions and you work on stories and sometimes you're working on a story that's a week or two or even more away and then you're working on the stuff that's for that day and, you know, that, that series or whatnot. That's going, I, I can't imagine you're going to be allowed to walk into the Reds clubhouse how 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 will your job just the way that you've done it over the years change you know it's another big old who knows yeah i just i just don't know and you know it's it's there will be a point to worry about it um right now i'm just hoping i can step into a ballpark and that's that's the most important thing for me right now yeah um it's it's gonna be it's going to be different. I mean, there, there's no, there's no doubt about it. There, there's no getting around it. And I, I'm not exactly sure what it's going to be like, but we're, we're, we're just going to deal with it. Are you optimistic it's going to happen? Last thing. I'm really curious. I mean, just in your heart of hearts, do you think, Hey, I'm, I'm going to cover a season this year in some shape, form or fashion, or is there a piece of you that nags at you and says, this isn't going to happen? You know, it's funny. Like, because in in my mind i'm just like i just i have trouble saying it but there are people who know much more than i do who are much smarter than i am um who think it's gonna happen just you know the guy like ken rosenthal ken ken thinks it's gonna happen and like if if ken thinks it's gonna happen i think it's gonna happen that's just that's just the bottom line. I trust him more than I trust me. I've been wrong so many times about this. Why should I start being right? 
Well, hey, I really appreciate your time. For the people out there, uh, the WARP in Cincinnati podcast is absolutely fantastic. It comes with your uh, your athletic subscription, and if you don't subscribe, actually, it's off outside the uh, it's outside um, the paywall now. Oh, okay. so it's awesome. it's available anywhere. So you can get that just where you where you listen to podcast. And if you don't, so if you like professional sports and you don't subscribe to the athletic you are missing out on so very much it's uh it's it's really 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 great stuff with nba and mlb and and stuff like that so Trent, and like our nfl coverage our draft coverage with the like intertwining of the nfl teams and the the college uh personnel was just unbelievable um so yeah i appreciate the the shout out it's it's been it's been so much fun to watch that even from a distance and and it was so impressive so i appreciate appreciate you saying that and i was just going to throw out the college football nfl draft thing was just so good and so much fun so i um i appreciate that and then uh yeah and then uh we do the we do the podcast and i'm gonna have uh i think uh, i'm gonna record another one here today and i'm gonna um talk with uh red's uh outfielder jesse winker yeah, good stuff. I look forward to it. I, as I've told you, I'm, I'm a Cubs fan, and so I'm, I'm almost programmed to not like the Reds. And I catch myself like, I catch myself liking the Reds. And as they accumulate my son's favorite players, it's uh, it's, it's interesting how this is quickly becoming a conflict of interest in the house. So, hey, thanks it's again, thanks again for the time. Really appreciate it, and uh, I hope to talk to you soon. And I certainly hope that I'm I'm reading uh, some game kind of coverage here soon because I. I I, I was like you for a little while. I didn't miss sports at first, and, and here lately, especially on the weekends for whatever reason, I really catch myself longing for a game in the background, like your wife said. All right. Hey, thanks so much, Neil. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye. The Oxford Exxon Podcast is also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill. It specializes in on-site large event catering for up to 250 people and off-site full catering services, especially beverage catering. One day we're going to get back to normal when we do. A lot of parties to catch up on, a lot of get-togethers that will need to take place, that will want to take place, wedding receptions, rehearsal dinners, graduation celebrations, and more. And the Iron Horse Grill is your answer to be able to enjoy that moment. It's a one-stop shop for beverage services for a 250- to 500-person wedding or even a 3,500-person gala. It's the largest beverage caterer in Mississippi. It can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black at 601-398-0151 for your catering needs and knock that off your worry list. Let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Uh, We're also brought to you by Dead Soxie. We've been telling you about this is an incredibly strange time. We're all living in millions of us all over the world have been impacted by these unusual events. And the Dead Soxie team hasn't been immune to that situation either. Uh, they've uh, faced some tough choices, and what they've done is instead of cutting costs and jobs, they're thinking about things a little differently. They want to keep their team intact, paid, and employed, and they need your help to make it happen. In the spirit of people helping people, they've decided to run a first-of-its-kind support sale. They have slashed their prices site-wide, $6, $9, $11 a pair. They'd rather you get their socks discounted so they can keep paying their team rather than worrying about margins at times like this. It's deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. We're also brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with the Nest and Wild mattress. It's a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick, giving you comfort and support that will last a lot of online brands sell an 8-inch or 10-inch mattress, but not Nest and Wild. Everyone is 12 inches thick. They're all American-made, 
and it's a uh, fantastic deal because we're throwing in a podcast discount. Go to nestandwild.com, order your mattress, enter the podcast code REBEL20, that's REBEL20, get 20% off your purchase. Your mattress will arrive at your door in three to five days. Brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust, based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle Trust provides detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much more. At Pinnacle Trust, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. Cookie-cutter financial planners put you in a box. Pinnacle Trust builds a box just for you. To learn more, go to Pintrust.com. That's P-I-N-N-Trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fees. And we're brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. Been with us a long time. We'd appreciate you staying uh, loyal to them as well here in these weird times. You're in a, you are you want a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan is where you need to head. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Back with another week of the Specialty Orthopedic Group Ask an Ortho segment here on the podcast. Dr. Reeves Moore joining us today, and you can uh, you can access appointments at 662-767-4200, SOGMS.com. All three locations back open as this week gets going. It's been, it's been Tupelo and Oxford, but New Albany now as well. And we're going to talk today about Tua Tungvaloa, obviously taken fifth overall by the Dolphins and the recent um, – NFL draft and Dr. Moore, you uh, you had a little experience there with Alabama. Your one of your your fellowship was there. Um, no to a little bit. I, I, I guess just was there a sense of um, you know I guess as a doctor, medical community, just in general, you see a guy suffer that injury, then end up getting picked where he did and overcome it to this point. It's got to be a pretty good bit of just overall satisfaction in that. Yeah, I mean. Uh... You know, Tua is a really unique individual, not only necessarily you know, what his talent is on the football field. Everybody kind of sees that, you know, week in and week out of, you know, how you know he can throw the ball, how he can make decisions. Uh, you know, all his football knowledge is, is, is really good, and everybody sees that. But what people really don't recognize is what kind of a great young man he is uh, and just his work ethic. Uh, he's a yes or no sir kind of guy. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, especially nowadays with technology, a lot of the youngsters are really into their phones. But when you, when you talk to Tua, you know, he puts his phone down, he looks you in the eye when he talks to you, he pays attention to what you're telling him. And uh, it's it's kind of refreshing, actually. And he's just a, a very humble person. He comes from a great family. Um, and you can, you know, everybody knows kind of some of his backstory and where they came from, from Hawaii and coming to Birmingham. Um but he just, he just overall, he's just a great kid, and uh, I'm really, uh, really happy going on in his life, and I think he'll do great. So a lot of people credited Alabama's medical staff with the the initial way that they handled Tua as, as helping his ultimate uh, prognosis. When an injury like that happens, it happens against Mississippi State, he's on the field. Kind of take me through what those first five, ten minutes are, are like just to kind of get him off the field, get him stabilized, and then where things go from there. Yeah, so, you know, the, they, he was originally, you know, he was grabbing his, his face a lot and pointing a lot to his face. 
um, which he ended up having a, a facial bone fracture. Um, and it wasn't really until they tried to stand him up that he couldn't put really any pressure on his on his hip or his leg. And then that's kind of when they realized that his that his hip was bothering him, and he couldn't really move his hip. He was having just you know just agonizing pain. And and uh, you know you go back and look at it, you know, we, you know on the sideline you don't have that luxury sometimes. But when you look at it on TV, I think it was fairly obvious that he had probably dislocated his hip where the ball kind of come out of socket. But kind of, you know, on the field evaluation, you know, you're uh, you're trying to move his hip. You, you see the play, um, and so you kind of got a, a a few things that you're thinking about. Um, and as that evaluation is ongoing on the field and in the training room, um, you know, they they were able to put it together that he had a hip dislocation, and that's important uh, to notice early and to get back in the socket as soon as possible for a couple of reasons. One, the blood supply to the, to the femoral head or the ball, you know, the hips of ball and socket joint and the femoral head of the ball. So the blood supply to the ball is, is very tenuous. And so it's, uh, when it gets stretched, when the ball dislocates or pops out of the socket, it's very important to recognize that early and to get that ball back into the hip socket so that you don't have any more damage to the blood vessels that supply that. Because if you do, if your blood vessels go bad or you don't have blood in the area, then that can lead to long-term problems in terms of cartilage and uh, just overall hip health because it doesn't have any blood to, to keep it going. Uh, the second issue is the cartilage. Um, a lot of a lot of people, when they dislocate their hip, will damage the cartilage on the ball of the socket side. Uh, he actually broke the socket and... Uh, sounds like fortunately that he didn't have a lot of cartilage injury hopefully um but those are the two main two main things that you that you're concerned about but really kind of from an on the field evaluation standpoint you need to recognize that he has a hip dislocation and you need to get back in the socket as quickly as possible uh for the for the blood supply and the vascularity to the hip to give it a chance to to not be knocked out yeah what exactly were the what was the surgical procedure for the hip? So he had so the, the socket um, is called the acetabulum, all right. And so he had uh, the back part of the socket was broken, and the ball caused when the ball when his knee was driven into the ground when Leo Lewis fell on top of him, the that forced the ball out of the back of the hip socket, and so. Um, he broke a piece off the socket, which is called a posterior wall. Uh, that area is called the posterior wall. And so basically they had to make an incision on the side of his hip, and that's what, uh, that's what he went down to Houston for. Um, there's a world-famous hip and pelvis and acetabular surgeon down there um, by the name of Chip Rout who ended up doing his surgery um, within a couple of days of his injury. And, uh, and you know, they, they flew him down there, and, and he's the one that performed uh, the, the surgery on him. Basically, they make an incision on the side of the hip, and they go in there, and they put that piece of the, the socket back on there, and they actually hold it in place with some with a plate that's held to the bone by some screws, and it lets that, that part of the socket heal back to where it broke off from. And so it's a pretty big surgery, and a lot of times you don't see that in your – Normal kind of everyday injuries, especially football injuries, is pretty uncommon. Um, you mostly see it in high energy car wrecks, motorcycle wrecks, fall from a from a height of you know somebody jumping off a building or something like that. 
So it was really kind of unique that you saw it in, uh, in a football injury like this, but he certainly had the mechanism to have this type of injury. So how similar or dissimilar was it to what happened to Bo Jacks? It was, it was pretty similar in the fact that you know, both of them had dislocations. Um, I think really the, the issue with, with Bo was it was really kind of unrecognized on how severe maybe his injury was. Um, and, you know, I think you know, his, his hip, I think, just kind of came back in the socket on its own. And it wasn't stuck out of the socket and had to be manually put back in like Tua's had to be done. And so what happened is they tried to, you know, they didn't really know any different at the time because he started feeling okay and they tried to rehab him and get him going again. But, you know, he still had some hip instability and other things in his hip that weren't allowing him to necessarily do the things that he needed to do to be effective as a, you know, a college and professional athlete. And over time, you know, his hip just wore out. And so I think really the, the, the main difference between the two is just the, the recognition of the injury and, uh, and the prompt treatment of that. Like I said, you know, Bose kind of went back into the socket on its own uh, pretty quickly um, before really the doctors had a chance to evaluate him. And so, you know, it was really kind of uh, unknown really kind of what all was going on with Bose's hip until really kind of after the fact. So obviously the Dolphins take him fifth overall. They're paying him a ton of money. Um, med- Medical-wise, he's checked out to this point. But moving forward, if you're a Dolphins fan or just a fan of, of, of Tua, or obviously people staying healthy, what is sort of the long-term things you would look for? Are there any side effects? What What is sort of the point from now through his playing career that uh, that potentially could be hampered by this injury? So, you know, like, like we kind of alluded to earlier, the biggest issue with a hip dislocation would be, you know, monitoring for any signs of, you know, potential blood loss to the femoral head. And sometimes uh, that can be, you can see that really early within a couple of months. Sometimes you don't see that for uh, several years down the road. And so that would probably be the biggest concern. Um, it sounds like from, you know, his rechecks and, and uh, additional imaging that he's had since his injury and during his recovery phase, it sounds like everything's kind of checked out to the point, you know, obviously the Dolphins uh, believed in it and uh, b- believed that he was going to be fine. Otherwise, they wouldn't have paid him so much money uh, taking him in fifth overall. So, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest concern would be, you know, monitoring his hip, make sure that, that you know, that he doesn't have any signs of uh, – arterial or blood loss uh, damage to the femoral head or the ball um, during, you know, really the next several years um, would probably be the number one thing. And then the second thing is, um, you know, monitoring his cartilage. And that's just basically done via x-rays. Um, and, and I'm sure he'll have those every so often just to, just to check on his hip and overall health of his, of his the cartilage of the, of the hip joint. Um, but, uh, but those would be the two biggest things. Obviously, you know, he's got great rehab and he's a hardworking kid. And so I wouldn't, you know, anticipate any issues from a muscular weakness standpoint causing him any issues in running or, or doing the, you know, performing the physical demands that a, that a quarterback needs to do. So I think from a, from a muscular, uh, musculoskeletal in shape kind of standpoint, I think he'll be good to go. It's just monitoring those signs of any blood loss or cartilage issues in his hip. 
Obviously, we hope he's back on the field soon because it means sports has returned in the fall. Again, special orthopedic group open in all three locations starting this week. Have been in Tupelo and Oxford, and you can access that for appointments at 662-767-4200 or SOGMSDoctor.com. Dr. Moore, thanks for the time today. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks to uh, Trent Rosencrans and Dr. Reeves Moore for time today as we uh, – talked a little bit about a couple different topics and we'll be back with more podcasts throughout the week here on the MPW Digital Network. We've got uh, we've got Mind on My Money, we've got Soft Verbals, we have uh, some guests lined up as well. So stay locked in with us. We'll try to bring you as much normalcy as possible and we appreciate uh, you hanging in with us today. Talk to you again very, very soon.